All right, welcome back to Baseball Banter. I'm your host, Justin Ginelli. On this Tuesday, July the 13th, 2021, it is All-Star Game Tuesday. The Midsummer Classic between the American League and the National League is just about set to get underway at Coors Field. It is about it is 8 o'clock Eastern time uh, right now. I just wanted to quickly give you guys the starting lineups for today's game. And then I will read you the reserves, and then I'll talk about some of the other things that happened over the weekend and last night's home run derby. And a couple of uh, comments made by Commissioner Rob Manfred uh, at an earlier press conference this afternoon. So first off, with the game getting underway very shortly, I just want to read off the starting lineups. Leading off from the San Diego Padres is shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, batting second, starting at the, as, a, as a designated hitter, is Dodgers' Max Muncy. Uh, batting third, the former Rocky spent seven and seven years with the Colorado Rockies. The third baseman, Nolan Arenado. Uh, batting fourth, the Atlanta Braves' first baseman, Freddie Freeman. Uh, batting fifth is the right fielder from the Cincinnati Reds, Nick Castellanos. Also from the Reds, batting sixth is the left fielder, Jesse Winker. Batting 7th is the catcher, J.T. Realmuto. He of the Philadelphia Phillies. And that batting 8th is the center fielder from the Pittsburgh Pirates, Brian Reynolds. Batting ninth and playing 2nd base is also from the Pittsburgh Pirates, and that's Adam Frazier. The starting pitcher today is the Washington Nationals' Max Scherzer. For the American League, leading off and playing as the designated hitter, and he will also start the game on the mound for the American League team, is the Angels' Shohei Otani. Batting second for from the Blue Jays, the first baseman, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Batting third and playing shortstop from the Boston Red Sox is Xander Bogarts. Batting fourth and playing right field from the New York Yankees is Aaron Judge. Batting fifth and playing third base from the Boston Red Sox is Rafael Devers. Batting sixth and playing second base from the Toronto Blue Jays is Marcus Semien. Batting seventh and behind the plate from the Kansas City Royals is Salvador Perez. Batting eighth and playing left field from the Blue Jays, Teoscar Hernandez. And batting ninth and playing center field is the Baltimore Orioles, Cedric Mullins. So to the reserves, also on the American League roster, you have... Mike Zanino, Jose Altuve, who is not attending. Uh, Whit Merrifield was added. Bo Bichette, Carlos Correa, who was also not uh, attending the All-Star game due to an injury. Tim Anderson of the Chicago White Sox. Joey Wendell of the Tampa Bay Rays. Matt Olson of the Oakland A's. Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Indians. Jared Walsh of the Los Angeles Angels. Michael Brantley of the Houston Astros. He is also not attending. Joey Gallo of the Texas Rangers. Also from the Rangers, Adolis Garcia. You have Cedric Mullins, from the, who was added to the starting lineup. Um, because Mike Trout was the man voted to be the center fielder. So Cedric Mullins slots in there. And then the two DHs from the Boston Red Sox, J.D. Martinez. And Nelson Cruz from the Minnesota Twins. Pitchers, we have Shane Bieber of the Cleveland Indians, Garrett Cole of the New York Yankees, 
Nathan Avaldi of the Boston Red Sox, Kyle Gibson of the Texas Rangers, Yusei Kikuchi from the Seattle Mariners, Lance Lynn and Carlos Rodon, both of the White Sox, and Chris Bassett of the Oakland A's. The relievers they have are Matt Barnes of the Boston Red Sox, whom we'll get to in a little bit, a little bit of news around baseball, uh, Aroldis Chapman of the New York Yankees, Liam Hendricks of the White Sox, Ryan Presley of the Houston Astros, Gregory Soto of the Detroit Tigers, Taylor Rogers of the Minnesota Twins, and Andrew Kittredge of the Tampa Bay Rays. For the National League, you have um, Buster Posey, who is not attending the All-Star Game, so JT Real Muto uh, slid into the starting role. But you also have Yadier Molina, who was selected. He's also not attending. And Omar Narvaez, who is the backup catcher. Ozzy of the Milwaukee Brewers. Ozzy Albies of the Atlanta Braves is the um, sec- is a second baseman. Chris Bryant of the Cubs. Third. Brandon Crawford of the Giants. Jake Cronenworth of the Padres. Eduardo Escobar of the Diamondbacks. Justin Turner of the Dodgers. Manny Machado of the Padres, who was added after the fact. Uh, Trey, uh, Trey Turner and Mookie of uh, the Nationals. Mookie Betts of the Dodgers. Um, Brian Reynolds, who was obviously inserted into the lineup. He replaced uh, um, Ronald Acuna Jr., who... We're going to get to that injury in a second as well. Um, Kyle Schwarber, who's not attending, he's currently on the IL. And then Juan Soto and Chris Taylor of the Los Angeles Dodgers. The pitchers for the National League are Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers. Hugh Darvish of the San Diego Padres, although he is not attending the All-Star game. The same is for Jacob DeGrom of the New York Mets. He is not in Denver as well as Kevin Gosman, who pitched on Sunday. Herman Marquez of the hometown Colorado Rockies. Trevor Rogers, the sensational rookie left-hander from the Miami Marlins. Zach Wheeler from the Philadelphia Phillies. Brandon Woodruff, who pitched on Sunday, is also not pitching in this game. He selected from the Brewers. And then we have Walker Bueller, who was added. Freddie Peralta, and and Taiwan Walker of the New York Mets. Out of the relievers, you have Milwaukee's left-hander Josh Hader, Craig Kimbrell of the Cubs, Mark Melanson of the Padres, and Alex Reyes of the Cardinals. So that is the 2021 All-Star Game as we're about to get underway on Fox 5. And let's move on to the Home Run Derby now. So last night was the Home Run Derby. And it was quite the show. You had the first-round matchups being Shohei Otani versus Juan Soto, Pete Alonso versus Salvador Perez, Trevor Story versus uh, Trey Mancini, and, um, uh, crap, who were the other two? I don't remember who. Uh, Joey, Joey Gallo versus um, some, uh, I forgot who the number two seed was. But it came to, you know, Shohei Otani and Juan Soto, who had the best first round of all of them. Uh, that went to two different tiebreakers, included, including the three-swing swing-off. 
between Otani and Soto. Soto went three for three, and Shohei Otani missed on the first one. So that was the end of that. And Soto eventually got eliminated by Pete Alonso, and then you had Trey Mancini uh, making his way into the into the final round. And actually, it was Trevor Story versus Joey Gallo. Uh, now that I now that I remember it, I forget who Trey Mancini uh, defeated in the first. Oh, he defeated Matt Olson in the first round. So it ended up being Alonso versus Mancini in the finals, and you know. You look at the defending champion in uh, Pete Alonso. He won it in 2019 when the All-Star Game was in Cleveland at Progressive Field. There was no All-Star Game last year due to the pandemic. And then you had Trey Mancini, who spent uh, last year battling stage 3 colon cancer. And he was cancer-free, deemed cancer-free, and has returned in a big way and has had a very productive year for the Baltimore Orioles and... He put on a real nice show in the Home Run Derby. So good for Pete Alonso. He wins his second straight Home Run Derby. He becomes the third member to do so. Ken Griffey Jr. won in 1997, also at Coors Field. And 1990, I'm sorry, 1998 was at Coors Field, but he won 97 and 98. And then uh, Yoannis Cespedes won in 2013 and 2014. The 2013 All-Star Game being the one that was uh, here in New York at City Field. So, Pete Alonso, the third member to win multiple and win back-to-back um, home run derbies. The next story I wanted to get to is some of the things that Commissioner Rob Manfred had said during uh, his uh, press conference. And this will take... You know, a lot of the ideas that um, are being thrown around are things that would be removed or put in place uh, for next season. So one of the things that Commissioner Rob Manfred said, and this I love, is that he believes that they will, there will no longer be a need for the seven-inning doubleheaders and the extra inning uh, having the automatic runner start on second base. And my first thought of that is, thank the Lord, because to me, Major League Baseball is nine innings. Even if you have to play an extra, you have to play 18 innings on a certain day because it rained the day before and you got to play a day-night doubleheader, play nine innings. And not only from that, you're screwing the fans out of two innings. They're paying nine-inning prices and only getting to watch seven innings. So... Going back to the nine-inning doubleheaders makes it so much better to have the the, the traditional one o'clock, seven o'clock day-night doubleheader where you could do separate admission. I mean, what they're what some of the teams are doing with these separate admission doubleheaders for seven-inning games is just absolutely garbage because they'll pay for they'll pay for a nine-inning game. It gets rained out, and now they have tickets to a seven-inning game. And the, and, the, and the ticket loses value. So they didn't, they're not getting what they paid for. And having these 2 o'clock, 7 o'clock, as I've seen it with the Mets. Now, now the, the last doubleheader they had over the weekend against Pittsburgh on a Saturday, I do understand why they did the, the separate doubleheader. 
It's because it was it, it, we had a rain delay Saturday night at City Field. It was scheduled to rain, and it was scheduled to rain Saturday night in New York, and it did. And they wanted to make sure, guaranteed, let's get one game in. So they got the game in at two o'clock, and then they got the game in at seven. They were able to end up finishing it and getting it getting it through to the end. But going back to the nine inning doubleheaders is what this team needs. So is what is what the league needs because it it's not re- seven inning games to me is just not real baseball. It's not. And the runner, the runner on second base to start extra innings. Look, I don't care if a game lasts eighteen innings. You have to do your work and get on base to be able to score runs. You should not be given a free runner. And you know it, it gets charged as an unearned run to the pitchers, but they would all they also get they also get hooked for the loss if the team doesn't come back. So. I mean, it's really a it's really a lose lose situation for a guy coming in when it's usually a clean inning. Now he's immediately faced with a runner on second and nobody out. So I mean, it's I'm glad that this is something that's going to be moving out of baseball. And you know what? If this is what they adopted from medical doc, you know, medical doctors for advice and. Uh, you know, how to spend a little less time at the ballpark so that, you know, really don't have, you know, too many group meetings and whatnot. I- I'm fine with that, and I guess they wanted to carry it over this year until more players got vaccinated. Uh, now the league is doing pretty pretty darn good on the vaccination rate. Um, I don't know the exact numbers for every team, but, you know, we are at a point where more players are vaccinated and, Ballparks are full again, and you know the ballpark in Denver tonight for for the All Star Game is packed. It was packed for the home run derby last night, fifty thousand plus, and it's time to bring it back to normal. You know we're back to the one hundred and sixty two game schedule uh, after the sixty game season a year ago, and it's time to get rid of those rules. And I'm glad that I'm glad that Commissioner Manfred is. Uh, finally, having some sense of something because you know, he's about as clu- he's about as clueless as it gets when it comes to the commissioner. Because I mean, the, from not doing anything to the Astros players after the cheating scandal uh, from twenty seventeen to uh, just really, he just really doesn't have any idea of what of what he's doing out there. So that's my thoughts on what Commissioner Manfred said. Uh, let's take a quick look at the standings as at, as we hit the All Star break. We have the Boston Red Sox leading at fifty five and thirty six in first place in the American League East. The Rays are at fifty three and thirty seven. The Jays are forty five and forty two, eight games back. As well as the Yankees are also eight games back at forty six and forty three. And then you have the Baltimore Orioles at twenty eight and sixty one. And the American League Central, the leaders of the pack are the Chicago White Sox. At 54 and 35, they have an eight-game lead over the Cleveland Indians at 45 and 42. Uh, the Tigers are in third at 40 and 51. The Twins are 39 and 50, and then the Royals in last place at 36 and 53. In the American League West, you got four teams over the 500 mark. You have the Houston Astros with a three and a half game lead on the A's. 
They're 55 and 36. Oakland's 52 and 40. Uh, the Seattle Mariners are 48 and 43. Uh, the Los Angeles Angels are 45 and 44. And then the Texas Rangers are in last place at 35 and 55. Over to the National League now, the National League East. Uh, the New York Mets lead the division with 47 wins, 40 losses. They have a three and a half game lead on the Philadelphia Phillies, who are currently sitting at 44 and 44. And just a half game back of them at 44 and 45 are the Atlanta Braves. Um, the Washington Nationals are 42 and 47. And then the Marlins are 39 and 50. As for the, the National League Central, the Milwaukee Brewers have a four game lead on the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, that has actually closed of late to the to, to the four game mark, and the Brewers are fifty three and thirty nine, while Cincinnati is forty eight and forty two. The Chicago Cubs, who have been on an absolute slide of late, they had that eleven game losing streak after the no hitter, the combined no hitter they had at Dodger Stadium. Uh, they now sit at forty four and forty six on the year. They are eight games out of the National League Central, tied with their geographical rival, the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, in the standings, both are 44 and 46. And then you have the Pittsburgh Pirates in last place at 34 and 56. And then the All-Star game is about to get underway. The first pitch from Max Scherzer to Shohei Otani is fouled off. So we'll keep you up to date with what Shohei Otani is doing uh, in the All-Star game. While we're, while we're on the air, obviously. Um, the National League Western Division has the San Francisco Giants in front. Uh, 57 and 32. That's a two-game lead, and that's going to be a ground out for Otani. A two-game lead over the LA Dodgers, who sit at 56 and 35. And then in third place, six games out are the San Diego Padres. They're 53 and 40. And then you have the Colorado Rockies at 40 and 51. And then you have the Arizona Diamondbacks at a putrid 26 and 66. So that's a look at the standings for right now. That's where we sit at the All-Star break. Uh, right now, the, the wildcard teams are the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland A's in the American League with Seattle sitting three and a half back, Toronto and New York four and a half back. In the National League is the LA Dodgers and the San Diego Padres with a three and a half game lead on the Cincinnati Reds. Now, if you're a team from the National League East to the National League Central, you better damn well know that you're not getting a wild card spot. It is likely going to go to the loser of the National League, the two the two losers of the National League West, whether it's the Giants and Dodgers, the Padres and Giants, the Padres and Giants and Dodgers and Padres, you know who knows. The Padres, Giants, and Dodgers are going to all make the playoffs, and so it's more important for teams like the Brewers teams like the Mets to make sure you win the division because you're not making the playoffs otherwise. And I think that is a big point of emphasis as the second half of the season commences and we're also just a few weeks away uh, from the trade deadline. And that, and that's also going to be another interesting, uh, interesting time to see where things stand in terms of Who's out of the race and who is going to um, make moves, make trades? You know, we know the Cubs are going to become sellers. Uh, Baltimore will sell whatever they have. Uh, Texas could trade Joey Gallo. 
there's a lot of interesting moving parts that could be potentially uh, changing cities in the next couple of weeks. So, so, so some big news over baseball, and I got to start with the Ronald Acuna Jr. injury. I suffered a torn ACL, uh, stretching out as he jumped in the air to try to catch a, a ball down the right field corner at Marlins Park. Landed awkwardly on his uh, right knee. And unfortunately for him, his season is over. And, you know, that's a huge loss for the Braves. And that could be one of those losses that really just puts a complete damper in the Braves' season. Remember, they're already without Travis Darno, who suffered a wrist injury early on. We might not see Travis until September. Uh, Marcelo Zuna suffered a broken hand. But now he also is dealing with uh, his own legal issues that we've discussed, you know, numerous times on this podcast. And, you know, who the hell knows when we'll see him again. Um, so the Braves are in a real tough spot. You know, we know about the Mike Soroka injury where he retore his Achilles. Uh, you're not going to see him. So the Braves pitching is thin. Uh, their lineup is starting to get a little thin. And, you know, I just don't think that it, that they're going to be good enough to overtake the Mets. And I, and I would even say, as Scherzer strikes out Alexander Bogarts in the inning, uh, one, two, three for Scherzer, um, the Phillies to me right now are the second best team in the, in the National League East. And that's hard to say because the Phillies bullpen has just been such an atrocity all year long that it's hard to... Be, uh, it's hard to really have any confidence in them throughout the second half of the season. I mean, granted, Aaron Nola's pitched really well out of, out of the starting rotation. Uh, Zach Wheeler's turned in, turned himself into an ace. And the lineup with Harper and Real Muto and uh, uh, Didi Gregorius is back off the injured list. Uh, Alec Bohm has had a decent season. You know, so the Phillies have some hitters. They got a couple guys who are really talented at the top of the starting rotation, but uh, the bullpen has been a nightmare. Whether it's Hector Neris, it's been Jose Alvarado, it's been Archie Bradley. Uh, it's really been one nightmare after another for the Phillies bullpen. And it'll be interesting to see how Joe Girardi manages that bullpen throughout the second half of the season. So uh, that's my thoughts on kind of what the National League East looks like. Um, in terms of the American League, uh, you know, I really think that Boston and Tampa are here to stay at the top, and which will make things really interesting for the New York Yankees and how they go about uh, their second half of the season. Um, they had started to play well, but they also let a, a five-run lead in the ninth inning get away on Sunday to the Astros as they scored six in the ninth to beat the Yankees 8-7. to seven. And, you know, it's the third time in the last two weeks the Yankees have had a damaging loss with a big lead. Remember a couple weeks ago they scored seven in the first on uh, Shohei Otani when the Angels came to the Bronx. Well, the Angels ended up scoring seven in the ninth to win that game. And then you had the Met debacle where it was only a, a one or two run. It was only a one run lead. But the Mets ended up scoring six in the last inning. And they ended up winning the game going away. So the Yankees have had 
some really bad late-game scenarios where it concerns you to the point that they might not be a playoff team. And, you know, it's not something that I'm used to in my lifetime because every every year the Yankees have just been freaking awesome and competing for a World Series every single year. But it's just... I don't know that they're... I just don't know that they're good enough this year. I, I really, uh, I really, really don't. So uh, that's kind of a look at what's going on around the league. We also had the MLB first-year player draft uh, conclude today, 20 rounds. Uh, today was rounds 11 through 20. Uh, yesterday was rounds 2 through 10. And then on Sunday was the first round of the draft with the Pirates drafting first overall. And let me get the kid's name. I think it's Hunter or something. First overall pick. Yeah, it was. Henry, Henry Davis, a catcher from the University of Louisville. Uh, he went with the first, number, first overall pick. Of course, the biggest name of the draft was Jack Leiter, the son of former Marlins, Yankees, and Mets pitcher Al Leiter, who had a Hell of a career himself. Al was a, Al was a very good pitcher. Al was very good in big moments. You know, I you know, who could forget one of my first memories as a Mets fan is him pitching that one game playoff, the one game game one sixty three against the Cincinnati Reds and throwing a one hit shutout uh, at Synergy Field in Cincinnati, and you know whenever the moment was big. Al Leiter was right there to come up clutch. So his son Jack, pitching for the University of Van- the Van- uh, Vanderbilt University, gets taken second overall by the Texas Rangers. And then the consensus second best pitcher in this draft behind Jack Leiter, um, Kumar Rocker, ended up falling to 10 in the draft. And he got taken by the New York Mets. And one of the things that I like that you know, with what the Mets did in the draft is, you know, and look, baseball does not get the baseball draft does not get the fanfare that the NFL draft or the NBA draft does, but because you don't really know these prospects as well. But when you when you draft a guy you've heard of, that's a guy you can get excited about. But one of the things that I like is the Mets went with this strategy where nineteen of the twenty draftees that they had were were collegiate players. They only drafted one kid out of prep school and that was it. And also too, how about this strategy by the LA Angels and you know, honestly, I love it. Because a couple of the, a couple of these could work out. The, all all 20 draft picks by the Angels pitchers. I mean, to me, that's where they've lacked in development. So I actually like this organizational strategy because these they all can't suck. A couple of them are going to work out. Mark my words, at least two of the 20 are going to work out. And that's a small percentage because, and remember, Major League Baseball used to have a 40-round draft. Now it's cut down to 20 rounds. And the percentage is just so small of making it to the big leagues. But... I like this strategy. I like this approach uh, by the LA Angels because they, God knows, they need pitching. They really do. So, 
that is uh, that's my look at the All Star break, uh, the MLB draft, some of the com- co- comments made by Rob Manfred. Now I hope everybody enjoys the rest of your All Star game. Uh, I am going to sign off. We'll talk to you. I believe we'll do a show on Thursday night to kind of get you set and locked in for the second half. On Thursday night, the Yankees play the Red Sox in a standalone game on ESPN uh, Thursday night. And that will commence the second half. Everybody else, the other 28 teams, will return from the All-Star break on Friday. So that'll do it for this edition of Baseball Banter. Uh, I'm your host, Justin Ginelli. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good night.